0: This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. Tammy Locke has done it all and then some. She started her acting career on the silver screen with Robert Redford and ended it with Clint Eastwood. She's had a radio show, she was a professional roller derby skater, the lead singer of the band California Express, and now
1: a book author. Well, that's the whole thing when I did when they finally did um, take me and enroll me into public school, the kids at that time uh, wanted to see how I colored because they they knew me as a celebrity, and so they thought that I don't know it was mystical or something that they didn't they had to see how I colored. So I brought my coloring books and I don't know whatever happened to them, but they took them, and they were going through them, and it was a ooh and an
0: ah. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. My guests range from Major League Baseball players, professional photographers, school teachers, and Street Tree Revival founder, John Mahoney. A chainsaw is a, the fastest tool for removing wood, and you can make art extremely fast, right? It doesn't take a long time. In in an hour and a half, you can turn a log into something that will sell for way more than firewood. And that's kind of how I fell in love with recycling wood. The rest of my conversation with John can be found on our archives at justagoodconversation.com. Let's take a quick break for a sponsor before diving into my conversation with Tammy Locke. Tammy, how are you?
1: I'm doing just fine, Mr. Matt
0: Brown. You've got that great voice.
1: Why, thank you.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a a great sounding podcast. Sounding. (sighs) Yeah, exactly. How long have you had that voice? Oh. Was it like a, because I'm sure you had a little girl voice, but when did you come to that mature, beautiful woman voice? Uh,
1: Probably my 40s. Really? A change Mm -hmm. in your 40s? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's fantastic. Because before that I was always very loud (laughs) like as in you loud break speakers loud
0: (laughs) so at at 40 you you know how to control your voice now well from time to time i do the
1: best i can for jersey (laughs) made
0: i mean it's such a like beautiful distinct voice yeah I mean, you should be doing audiobooks and radio shows. One would and-
1: think. Yes. But at one time of my life, there was this little doll that had lots of hair and you'd shake it and it would laugh. And everybody thought that I was the one that put the voice, the vocal laugh to that doll. Really? Because my voice laugh is just like that doll. Oh, yeah. Wow. Big time. Big time.
0: Have you ever thought about doing audio I would love to. I would love to. I'm a huge audio book guy. And you're, really? Uh, you, oh, yeah. I oh, love,
1: wow. All the time. Well, I've already been asked to put my book, I Can Do Anything, into audio. I, I mean, so that they can record it. But I don't know how to get, I don't know how to do all that. Well, we'll figure it out. That sounds Because wonderful. your voice would be perfect. I would it. love to.
0: Yeah. Because I'm listening to, right now, the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin oh wow just a normal older gentleman's voice yeah but your voice doing your book yes is a must
1: really yes i would think i don't know if i'm allowed to say i think i don't know some people say that my voice is sexy it is oh but i don't know if that's allowed on radio i have to call my friend harold why wouldn't it be i don't know Honestly, I don't know. I have to call Harold. Harold uh, well, worked for the FCA or whatever it is, the P, the security of radio. Mm-hmm, FCC. FCC. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, he used to work for the security part of FCC for 40 years. I guess I would have to ask him. I don't because, know how many people complain you
0: know, about sexy voice on the well, audio book.
1: I don't know what they do with it. Who knows? I I think they would use but it But I would fine. be open to doing it. Absolutely. Because... I mean, I love to talk. I love to talk low because most of the time my voice is so loud they can only handle me for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a small piece of damage. That's all they can take. Here's what it is.
0: <laughs> so tell me how does an 18 year old girl, or 18 month old baby, yeah. baby, baby make it? Onto any kind of silver screen. Well, in mom and dad short. thinking, <laughs>
1: <laughs> my mother uh, got a call for my sister to have an audition. Your uh, mother got a call from your sister. No, my mother got a call for my sister. Oh, so your sister was acting. What? Yes. Uh, there's three of us. Only the bottom two was in the uh, well. She was in the business. She's my second one up. The t- oldest one didn't um, do anything in the business. What's
0: the age? She was
1: too old.
0: What's the age differences? Uh,
1: five years older than me, seven years older than me. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So there's a five-year difference. That's yes. huge. Okay.
1: So she, my sister Cheryl was going in to uh, audition for a role f- um, for the Fred Astaire Hour, Alcoa Presents, TV series called The Voice of Charlie Pont. The role name was Sally Lawrence. The father was Robert Redford. The mother was Diana Highland. and Bill Bixby and some other big stars were in it as well. It was just a it was a TV series, I guess, and it had a lot of different segments, and mine was one of the segments. So what happened was we usually had a lady that kind of cited as housekeeper baby watcher. Okay. Minnie loved Minnie oh my gosh Minnie I family big-time family but anyways Minnie couldn't watch me that day Cheryl had the audition to uh, for the role of Sally and so she had to take me with her and when my mother Cheryl and myself got to the office the secretary said uh, don't worry miss Mrs. Locke I'll take care of your little girl I'll set her here on the couch and so Cheryl and my mother went into the room right there. It was just right there, so mm-hmm. it wasn't too far. And the secretary decided to leave a 18-month-old on the couch playing with whatever I was playing with. Because right. I didn't really, I wasn't raised with a lot of dolls and stuff like that. I do remember having a Betty the oven, the whatever that thing's called. But um, that was literally all I had. I didn't really have dolls and stuff like that. So she decided to go out and get some coffee. (laughs) Well, leave an 18 month old and get what you get. (laughs) I knew where my mother and my sister were. So I just opened the door and I walked in. And I'm with diapers and everything. And I said, Mommy, potty mommy potty and the director and the producers were in there and the door hit one of them as i walked in and so they looked back they looked at my sister then looked at me and they looked at my sister looked at me and they looked at they looked at each other i guess and (laughs) nodded and then they looked at my, my mother and they said we want her not her and that's how i landed the very first um acting job wow that was it. I mean,
0: that so they've <clears throat> got to rearrange things because if you're looking yes, at a five-year-old that's or actually right. your sister's probably six it. and a half at the yeah, time.
1: They had to rewrite it. I didn't have too many, you know. Right. Um, but still, that's but a huge change. But they wrote action the- type things. Like I was in a pool and um, this story's in my book called I Can Do Anything, which is on Amazon right now. Um, it just tells about my whole life basically. But um, they put me in a pool And I knew there wasn't any water in the pool, and so I told the director, "No, there ain't no water in that there pool." (laughs) And uh, so they had to go out and get a hose and bring the hose in. And as soon as they did that and started filling up the pool, they somebody put a bucket in front of me, and the next thing I know, I took the bucket, filled it with water, and poured it over my newly, uh, my newly what is it called curled curled hairdo for the scene. And I poured it over my, my whole head, but they left it. They left it in the scene. Wow. That was pretty cool.
0: What's your first memories of being on a set?
1: I would think, um, I remember some of the voice. I mean, um, meet me in st louis the tv pilot Mm -hmm. um so if you go into walmart or target or whatever and you purchase the two disc series it's called special edition of meet me in st louis the left disc is judy garland and margaret o'brien's meet me in st louis the very famous movie and i'm on the second disc which is on the right it's the tv pilot That they tried to launch after the famous movie, Mm -hmm. it didn't get off the ground, but it's a wonderful, wonderful shot TV series. uh, One segment, and so it's on the second disc. And Morgan Brittany was in it, and Shelley Fabre and Constance. um, I can't remember the uh, other people, but anyways, what do you remember? Just the big playing with Uh, Morgan (laughs) Brittany. (laughs) <laughs> you know, when you're a little girl, that's all you care about is playing. But right. but my father, and, well, my mother, she was my, you know, movie mother, basically. She was the one who taught me a lot of different things. And so she, when it's time to work, you work. Because she was the one that was making me memorize lines for different roles. And so... Did mom and dad have acting experience? No. Um so- my father and my mother on our block we had a person that was in the theatrics for um on stage stuff and uh miss b is all i'm going to call her but um yeah she we started doing um like plays at our house my father was a huge engineer at northrop corporation and he built uh, a stage, uh, what is it called? A sound stage, and he did all of the um, the stuff that you you know have in a stage premiere or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. as plays and stuff like that. My mother did all the costumes; she was a big time sewer. And so we used to just do plays, and the other kids on the block would participate because B was a um, a manager. I had it. Then uh, the manager introduced us to her friend, which was Mitzi McGregor, the agent. And Mitzi was big back then. And so Cheryl got into the business first. And then when they started thinking that roles would come for me, that's when B convinced Mitzi to take me on. And that's when I started in the business and stuff. Wow. Yeah.
0: Who knew? That's such a. Who knew?
1: Yeah. yeah. Do you and
0: your sisters look alike? You guys have the same body type, same same kind of blue eyes. Uh,
1: Cheryl's uh, Cheryl's w- uh, smaller than I am. Okay. Um, I'm five foot two. Cheryl's probably four nine, four ten. Okay. I would think. Cheryl's an amazing human being. I Cheryl's mean, four nine. She's about four nine. She, four should have, she should have been a jockey. About four <laughs> ten. Yeah, one would think. Uh, no, she rode bulls. Oh, what? <laughs>
0: The jockey yeah. would have been easier. I Bowls. know. I know.
1: She's an amazing horseman. Wow. We were all raised with nine horses, um, probably fifteen at one time. not at one time, but I mean over you know the duration of the years. We would take on another one and sell, and then bring one on and sell. And did Dad want to be a rancher? Oh, my father was a rancher. Oh, yeah. We had. Wow. We went to the OK corral. It was at the end of the ninety one freeway in Gardena. Mm-hmm. It was the OK Corral. It was. It's right next to the Tar Pits and the Wolf's Ranch, basically. And then there's another ranch around the corner. But um, yeah, we. I grew up with horses and doing Canna and. Uh, a lot of and we would, our whole tack room is where you store all of your stuff, you mm-hmm. know, your omeline, which is a sweet molasses type of a corn stuff for, it's really good for the horses, and then your hay and stuff like that, and your, all your tack, you know, your saddles, your bridles, and hackneys, and whatever else, but Also, in it was all of all three of us girls rode Lorna. By the way, to finish your question, Cheryl was four nine four ten. Uh, Lorna was about five foot, I would say five foot six. Okay, five foot six. So, sure, Lorna was the tallest one, she was the one that didn't do anything in the business except for one time when she was. Uh, when she read for the role of Wendy in Peter Pan. And she got it, but she didn't want it at that time. So, but anyways, um, the whole tack room was filled with uh, ribbons and trophies. My dad built um, shelf after shelf after shelf. It was just lined uh, ceiling, walls, everywhere it was. We used to all three ride in the gym Cannas and we'd win. When was the last time Tammy was on a horse? Oh. The last time I went up to see my sister in Lake Havasu, Arizona, she's okay. got two quarter horses, That's nice. and I rode it. That's yeah. great. Yeah. See so you oh, right up when you talk I about did. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did go a couple of years more than that. I think um, to, honey, the my husband's here. My yes. husband Tom, but we went to where he golf's. Okay. It's a it's a right next to that ranch where you golf what's that one called something i don't remember but my son and i went there and we rode with his best friend uh christopher and so we rode some horses there too i mean i grew up with horses i used to trick ride wow yeah cheryl did too um we'd sit on the horse and then we'd jump up on our feet and we'd gallop and we'd be able to hold the reins and keep ourselves up on the horse while we trick rode did you do any riding in any of your career no oh that's a shame well sort of on the, on the set in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, they had a bull, okay, a Brahma bull, and I used to shimmy up its leg. That's how I got up on horses. I'd shimmy up their leg as if it was a tree. I'd grab the horse's mane and then I'd flip over it. Wow. And that's how I rode. Holy so God. I'd ride the bull and then I'd ride, you know, Clayt's uh, horse. It was a big, gorgeous red horse and I loved it. Um, that horse and I'd shimmy up that and I'd ride that and yeah, whenever they couldn't find me on the set, I was on the bull (laughs) and then to everybody be like freaking out, you know, because they thought for sure this kid, this little child is going to get ran over, but it for strange, some strange reason, it didn't happen. I was very blessed.
0: Were you enjoying commercials, TV? Like what was you finding interesting as a child?
1: I loved it all. I mean, I was raised in it from 18 months old until I was about nine, I think, is when I got out of it, nine or ten. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're raised in something, it just, it becomes you. And so the only time that I was really upset was when I was taken out of it. And all of my friends that I grew up with, Darby Hinton, Bill Mooney, Butch Patrick, um, all of my friends, Clint Howard, Ron Howard, all of my friends were still in the business. I grew up with them. And so when I was pulled out of it, I didn't like it. But what was going on at the time, unfortunately, and this story's in the book as well, but I'll just give you a sort of a peek into it. There was a woman that sued my mom and dad for custody of all three of us girls because they figured that we were million-dollar commodities. Mm. So.
0: Were you were you getting the feeling like that was your social circle?
1: See, now, I yeah, didn't grow up with those words. Okay. Um, They never looked at that kind of stuff. They never talked about that kind of stuff. But you know when you're like, I just had fun. Right. But I, like, There was nothing that was brought up that was something new. Right. When I'm I seven, went to parties. I went to all sorts of things. Were you going to normal school, regular school? I was going to school on set okay, only. And I was sitting at Shirley Temple's desk. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: See, so that's different. Yeah. I was sitting next to Mark Robson and, you know, right jimmy crow right well and we grew up in the neighborhood so that was right. my social circle Well yeah, my no. friends of regular your social circle was you know ron howard and clint yes and
1: so exactly
0: their lives are your lives
1: correct they're doing shows yeah and we were having we were having fun right you know and my mother always taught me that when it's time to read your scripts and learn that's what you had to do Right, that was your little job. That was my job. And then we were allowed to play as much as we wanted to Mm -hmm. outside of that. Um, My mother driving from our house in Torrance all the way to Hollywood, she'd take my head and put it down in the seat because she didn't want me to see what hookers were. So I never knew. Right. And this is really sad because I never knew until I was about 1920 what a hooker was.
0: That's not actually bad.
1: That's bad. Like, uh... Because people should, um, people, well, I would think that people would know prior to that, but when I was 21, when I was married for the first time, my husband took me to Mexico for things that I'd never even knew existed, bad stuff. Sure. You know? Stuff that's no, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My mouth was
1: open the whole time. Like, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. (laughs) But I don't know if a a seven-year-old girl on her way
0: up to Hollywood needs to know what, you know, that lady's doing on the street corner waving down.
1: Oh, I had lots of questions. (laughs) My mother did not want to answer them. Yeah. So it's just easier to put my head down. Mom, why is she wearing those pretty heels? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, or you know yeah. other things, Daisy <laughs> or, Dukes. Yeah, or not you more know they than... weren't invented then. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and the Daisy Dukes were much smaller, <laughs> much smaller.
0: Yes, part of Daisy was hanging out of those dukes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> was there a, an odd shift for you to go back to public school?
1: Well, that's the whole thing. When I did, when they finally did um, take me and enroll me into public school the kids at that time uh, wanted to see how I colored because they they knew me as a celebrity, and so they thought that, I don't know, it was mystical or something, that they didn't, they had to see how I colored. So I brought my coloring books, and I don't know whatever happened to them, but they took them, and they were going through them, and it was a ooh and a ah. And then after that, as I was, you know, moving up, in school I was unfortunately picked on I was bullied but I hung out with my best friend Joy Jones she was like six foot two I was five foot at the time probably and we were always known as the odd couple and um I was bullied a lot a whole lot and that's when uh, my father put me in karate and um he pulled me out after a while when it was raining. I didn't want to wear a raincoat because I was bullied so much. And when I wore the raincoat, they always thought that it was stupid looking. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to wear the stupid looking raincoat to the karate class. And that's the night that he pulled me out. And I was turning uh, purple, which at that time was two bells from a black and karate. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Was the bowling just because you were because you know, of who I was? Just who you were. You were, yeah. you, had, you had quote unquote celebrity status. Yeah, I had no friends. And Katie and Lisa just were regular kids Correct. in Torrance.
1: Yeah, I had no no real friends in high school. Matter of fact, when in high school, yeah, just joy. It just it kept, just joy, it, it joy ca- her it carried family.
0: on through elementary, junior high, and high school. Oh
1: yes, yeah. Matter of fact, my sister purchased my. High school prom date. Are you kidding? No, because I didn't have a boyfriend. No disrespect. I know your husband's here, but you're <laughs> gorgeous in those photos. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I really didn't. Um, I had a couple of boyfriends, but they didn't want to go with me to the prom. I
0: mean, I was seven, I would have taken you. <laughs> <laughs> I, you would have had to have driven. I I don't see, know if you no. want to go on my bike. Oh, That's you're too funny.
1: No, no. She purchased um, this guy. I think his name was Warren. I've got photos on Facebook. People can see what I looked like. I've uh, seen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was wearing this gorgeous white gown that uh, I think Cheryl or somebody bought it for me for the date. And this is so funny because the date, she told Warren to show up at the school, not to pick me up at my house. So I I think Cheryl took me to the school. Warren showed up in his truck. I I can't remember. It's so long ago. But we ended up going into the prom together. We had the most amazing time. He was a real cowboy. He knew how to do the country swing. I was in heaven because my sister used to be the waitress for a country bar in norwalk california called the dodge saloon she used to waitress there so i used to wash all the cups and the dishes and stuff like that and when the police came in they're like okay well she's just washing you know dishes Mm -hmm. and um we just we had the best time and that was the only night i ever met him i mean literally at the end of the night um i don't remember if he dropped me off at my house or if cheryl Picked me up where he was or whatever, but she paid him a hundred bucks to take me to my prom. Here I am, eighteen. And I don't know how old he was, probably 24, 25 What? Yeah. But he said he'd love to. And we had the best time. The very best time ever. We danced all night long.
0: Oh my god. All
1: night long. Country so your and western. Feet
0: were sore. Just go girl. They go. were
1: they were and i don't like i don't like high heels so i don't wear them
0: <laughs> those
1: beautiful blue eyes did not encapsulate people I, you know uh, they did as it relates to wanting to hurt me <laughs> oh. boy people can be But dumb. luckily since my father did send me to karate that that the karate moves helped <laughs> me out in professional roller derby
0: well, before
1: we and get other there, <laughs> we got to talk about the wonderful,
0: talented Anne Margaret who you got to spend time yes. with. Yes. My God. I loved her.
1: That. Absolutely loved her. She gave me this beautiful, beautiful little Dala horse. It's bright orange mm. with different colors. It's in the book. And she gave that to me. I don't. Just as a present, as something wonderful. And you
0: talk about how she hugged and kissed you oh, and she, she loved she you. She did all the time. All so stuff. did Aylin DeLon. That was, that was
1: Once a Thief. Yeah. That Once show. a Thief. Yeah. Exactly. Wonderful movie. Absolutely wonderful. Do you movie.
0: realize later as you got older, like, holy crap, that was the Anne Margaret? Not no. Like, it was just Anne. No, because um,
1: she remains my friend till today. Yeah. I don't call her anymore. Right, right. You know, You're not going to hang out. At, you know. uh, she called me a couple of times um, cup, some years back mm-hmm. uh, when I was telling you about Harold for the FCC. Right, right. I met Harold on Facebook. And he actually grew up as part of the Monroes on television. He didn't have any brothers, sisters, aunts, or uncles. And he used to watch the Monroes. And one day, my my father always, you know, used to tell us, "If you don't ask, you'll never know." So I heard that people request things on Facebook. So I followed that same rule, and I said, "Is there any?" I heard from Wayne, uh, Schulman, that Anne Margaret was going to do, do her very first ever and only one; she wasn't going to do any more at that point in time ever again, uh, autograph signing, and it was in Parsippany, and. Um, Luckily, uh, Harold came through with using all of his frequent flyer miles to get me a round trip ticket in a hotel in Parsippany, And I was able to meet Anne Margaret for the first time in 50 years that day. Wow. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. But the sad thing is, you know, um, George Mm Pinocchio on Channel 7, he's an entertainment, number one entertainment uh, reporter. He sent news to my house because he heard of this passion that Harold, you know, the compassion of purchasing round trips in the, in the hotel um, for me. It was a human interest story, so he wanted to film that. But the thing was, so he, they came to my house, and we filmed it, and they asked me all sorts of questions, and they boxed it. And um, when we got to Parsippany, uh um I can't remember his name right this second because it disappeared. But anyways, a gentleman came and uh, he's in the book, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> his actual name, not doesn't yes, just say gentleman. His name <laughs> and his title. But um yeah, he took us into Ann Margaret's ballroom because it was in it was her own room. Right. Had right, to be right. because the line went out. ballroom around inside of the hotel and then out the door and around the entire building three times oh my god it's it was crazy yes and so we walked into her room she spotted me from across the room and she's going oh my gosh oh she stood up she was sitting there with her wonderful husband aunt roger and um she stood up and she's telling all of the fans inside of the room oh my gosh oh my gosh that's my daughter everybody that's my daughter from from once a thief that's tammy that's my daughter and she comes running oh not running but walking right. very fast and um, she walks up to me and she hugs me and I was I was so captivated I was so captivated. Being so close to someone like that. And of course, you were asking earlier, did I ever think, you know, about how big she was then or whatever and now. It only happened to me then that it dawned on me what I was holding in my arms and how gorgeous she was. Oh, my gosh. Poetry in motion is what I say. She was picture perfect, just so beautiful. And I looked at her and I said, Anne. You are so beautiful. Mom, you're so beautiful. She goes, honey, it's not Anne. It's Anne Margaret. That's my name. I said, oh, my gosh. I am so sorry. I didn't know because back back when we we were filming, you were my mother. And so I didn't know your name. And so, um, you know, I just just apologized. And I've been calling her Anne Margaret ever since, basically. I mean, you
0: know... You know, that's old Hollywood when she would be on The Tonight Show and she can make Johnny blush. I mean, the man sat in front of some of the most beautiful women in the world. Yeah. But when she would come on, there's a couple other ones that would do that to him. That oh, you yeah. would get googly, yes, Mia, like, yeah, <laughs>
1: and Margaret. I didn't
0: act you know? that way, and I Ed would was... Ed would be drooling on the other side. I mean, she's old Hollywood.
1: Yes, she is. You know, and you got to touch so that. Beautiful. Be a part of. it. I did. So she and was, it was
0: talented. She could sing. She could dance. She yeah, was funny. Exactly. I mean, for the love of God, she was you know doing things with Elvis and Dean Martin, and she was <laughs> she had major talent.
1: She did. And I was looking at her. I said, My goodness. I said, You are so Beautiful. And she goes, Well, honey, she goes, You are beautiful too because you are my daughter. <laughs> Still playing? The and world. then my husband was right there and she says, Oh, you come over here, handsome. And she went over and hugged him and he. Melted in her eyes. Tom hasn't
0: washed since
1: then. He has not (laughs) washed since. And let me tell you, the stink is getting pretty bad. Yeah, but he doesn't mind. (laughs) He knows Anne Margaret touched his hands. (laughs) He did. Oh, he was just, you know, three, you know, just so excited. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. But unfortunately, there were so many people there. I mean, thousands and thousands. So they didn't, the whole thing was George Pinocchio said, I have to have a picture of you and her to finish the sto- mm-hmm. this human interest story. And her management wouldn't allow it. Really? Yeah, unfortunately. He says, if I allow you to take a picture, the rest of the fans are right. going to want it. You're have 10,000 people behind yeah. you. Yeah. I don't care if And then you can have <laughs> angry crowds and stuff like that. So, I mean, I understood it, mm-hmm. you know, is what it is. And so when I got back, what I did was I brought some photos and I had her sign them to George. Okay. And then I went and purchased a really expensive classic or um an old silver um like an antique old-fashioned film you know because she was frame. you know yes frame yeah. and i sent it to him but he told me he called me up and let me know that we can't air your human interest story because you didn't get the photo hmm. so about th- what was it three or four years later i guess it was Anne margaret called me up physically she says she goes honey she goes I'm gonna be at Parsippany again she goes and if you get there I will make sure that photo happens but by that time you know they they put the story in the can basically but I jumped on it don't think I didn't I jumped on it and so we went there again and um you know some things happened that were not good but it you know I can't I don't want to say because I don't believe in dissing people but um I purchased a photo op that cost me a hundred dollars with her, and that's the photo that's on Facebook. And I'm very proud to say, <laughs> I'm a little girl that's just in love with my mom. That's great. <laughs>
0: in '66, I know we're jumping around a bit, but that's okay. You you get the the show. You land as one of the orphans of the of the show with the Correct. Marons. Yeah. Is is that something like well you're probably seven or eight at the time? No. What do you, how old are you? I'm six. You're six at the time. Yeah, five and oh. a
1: half just turned.
0: Oh, my God. You're just a little squirt. Yeah,
1: I was. Going to Wyoming, going, right? Well, no. I had to go to 20th Century Fox first to, okay. uh, to audition. Well,
0: audition, right. But the show right. does take place in parts of Wyoming and then oh, some yes, shot in LA? Jackson Hole. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you about that in a second. But here's how I got the role. So my mother was called and wanted, they wanted to have me audition i guess they saw once a thief and maybe something else Mm -hmm. maybe meet me in st louis and so when i got there i literally ran past my mother into the 20th century fox executive's office and i jumped up in his leather executive chair and i threw my feet up on his desk and I grabbed his phone, and I sat there at his desk as if I was making million-dollar phone calls to different people. Now, mind you, my mother didn't tell me to do that. She never said anything. She just says, we're going for another audition. And that's what we did. And um, so my mother was devastated. She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. And so he goes, you know, let's go in and see what's going on and that's what that's how the executive found me was my feet crisscrossed up on his desk i'm on the phone making million dollar meetings or deals get so and so on the line exactly this
0: is tammy all of six my squeaky voice (laughs) exactly yeah
1: and he says well if she's got enough you know if she's got (laughs) huevos <laughs> yeah,
0: you can say it. Balls, balls.
1: <laughs> she's on my show. She's on my. She just yeah. landed the part of Amy Monroe because she's cantankerous and you know you got and she's spunk. got a great personality. And yeah. I'm showing something. You know, my mother didn't teach me to do that. I thought of it on my own. So and that's I big. was creative yeah. on my own. You know. Yeah, you're not a robot. Exactly, I'm not a robot. Yeah. And it's, it's something because I remember learning all of these scripts when I was a little girl and how my mother used to govern me as far as how, what I'm allowed to do and how long how many hours I have to study on and before I take a break and all that stuff. Well, on the set of the Monroes, my father was called in to take a red eye and 20th Century Fox flew him out to Jackson Hole because my mother and nobody could get me under control And um, that was the first time that it ever happened. But my father came in, and uh, he walks up the top of the mountain where Noah Beery Jr. was, and he was a big, huge actor. He was on my TV series. But um, what happened was is the, the director threw out the lines that I had learned for that day and made the writers rewrite the entire scene. And I was ordered to go and memorize all those lines after I'd been up until about two or three in the morning learning those lines. And so apparently I threw an absolute fit. Child fit, like Child you would. fit. Right. Yeah, you I probably was... Probably sleep-deprived. Yeah, how am I supposed to differentiate mm-hmm. new lines? How do I forget this right. to learn that? But... As the Lord would see it, I was able to go, and I learned the lines, and I delivered it because Noah Berry Jr. said, Mr. Locke, anyhow, Noah Berry Jr. had a very low voice, like, Mr. Locke, don't you worry, because your little girl, she was able to learn those lines and to deliver them. She knows how to act naturally. She does it with no coaching at all. She just does it. They inform her what she does, and she just carries it out as if she's a pro. So there was no need for my dad to stay, so he flew back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the flight to Jackson Hole. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus.
0: It's not an easy trip. Right. Um, was, was lines learning your lines easy for you? I mean, yeah, back then. It was. Yes. Yeah. How was acting? Did you have an acting coach?
1: I did. Rance. Howard, really? Yes, and then of course remember, uh, B Miss B, but you know. How you was know. that
0: having someone instruct you on acting? You know, no. I had your no problems and do this and do yeah. that.
1: Rance was one of the nicest people I'd ever met in my life, and he was wonderful. He was such a family man, and he knew how to treat a child and to to show them how to memorize the lines and things like that. But I was already taught way before that. Right, right, right. So it, I just, um, I was like a sponge. I loved it. I loved Rance. He, you know, he used to give us hugs and, you know, he was like a dad. Right. You know, with his sons there and it was just a wonderful time back then.
0: How was those two seasons on that show?
1: I loved it. It was only one season. Oh, one season. In today's time, it would be three seasons. Because How many it's ep- 26 six episodes. episodes. Yes. Okay. So back then, it's 26. But um, for years, uh, I would get emails um, asking why nobody has released the Monroes on DVD. It was never released even on VHS. The only things that were out there all these years was uh, black market VHSs. Okay. And some of the black markets were in actual, uh, what are they called? Uh, uh, A magazine where they sell things. Okay. I don't remember what that's called. A jacket or a sleeve. Yeah. Well, it was a full magazine of all the black market things they had crazy enough. I don't know how they didn't get sued, but anyways, nobody had all 26 episodes, not one single person. And then when you did get a VHS, it, would always say, you know, whatever it was playing on at the time, mm-hmm. the, with their banner, TV Land, or whoever it was, right? You know, but nobody had the entire series. So, but so I went ahead and I purchased the black market. Was it a CBS, NBC, ABC, who? ABC, ABC originally? Okay, yeah, ABC. And is there a
0: reason why they've never released it, or do they um, even have the originals? Of course, so
1: trending. I'm not sure if I was <laughs> to say that she's she was the lawyer i maybe she still is i don't know um for 20th century fox she oh, just guarantee said you that, she's not oh, lawyers okay. come
0: and go like air well she and, was there
1: for tw- i can guarantee you she was there for 20 years because 20 years i fought fought to get it released like a long time when i married him i was still fighting and <laughs> writing and writing and right i've got hundreds of emails thousands and i'd call them why aren't you releasing the Monroe's? Do you know how many fans try and get a hold of me and call me? And I'm sure they this, would that, have to pay other? a fee and they oh, don't want to. Oh, my goodness. She says, well, uh, we'll never release the Monroe's. But, Tammy, we'll sell you one segment, to a total of two. Only one person can buy a total of two segments. So I'm thinking, shoot, let me get some other friends together, you know. Uh, like oh, like thirteen, yeah, thirteen friends, two to a piece, or when you know whatever yeah. it is. Uh, but I wasn't allowed to do that either. But I bought two segments in the VHS for two hundred bucks because it was a hundred dollars a segment. Can you imagine? Wait, twenty years ago, segments that were one hundred dollars a piece. That meant my entire series was twenty six hundred dollars. It would have been the most expensive TV series ever. Ever on the market crazy so i got the vhs's and i put them in my machine but unfortunately at the very bottom the banner of 20th century fox you know i think it was 20th century fox ran across i don't i can't remember but there's a banner Mm -hmm. whoever you know whoever did it but it ran across the bottom which cut out a lot of this you know the scenes (sighs) but i got it and so then you know more years passed and i kept i just kept on it I was relentless Good. to try and get this thing released because the fans were out constantly asking me right. then seven years ago, seven or eight, I was contacted by a fan out of Ohio. I believe it's Ohio or Idaho. Can't remember, but a fan. And they said, they said, did you know that a company called shout factory Purchase the rights to remaster and distribute the Monroe's. And I said, no way, no way. I said, I've been fighting for years for them to release it. And finally, Shout Factory, they got a hold of it just to distribute. They sold it and distributed it. That's the only license that they have. Mm-hmm. And so finally it was out, it was remastered. So I, um, I told the original producer He was still alive, Mr. Frederick Brogger from the Monroes, told him, and he was so excited to hear that. Matter of fact, I was talking uh, to this lady, Kathy, uh, that was the vice president over distribution at Shout, and um, he wrote a wonderful letter, which, by the way, is in my book, so you'll need to buy the book on Amazon if you want to read that letter, because I put the letter from Frank Frederick Brogger into my book. And he said I could, but he CC'd me and he thanked Kathy and the entire shout, uh, corporation or whatever it was Mm -hmm. for bringing out and releasing the Monroe's after all these years and how the fans are going to go crazy about it. Yeah. It was amazing because I, then, so here it is. It was only released in Walmart in the store. Originally. Okay. Only the store. It wasn't released online. Nationwide or regionally? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Okay. Honestly, I don't know. But
0: did you get one here at a Walmart near you? Or? Well,
1: that's the funny thing. <laughs> You just love jumping ahead, don't yeah. you, darling? <laughs> <laughs> My God! This on is September, like a twist. I know. On September sixth, this is all. Yeah. You know, okay. So this this right that I'm going to tell you right now is on YouTube, uh, Facebook Live. Okay. So if you are uh, a Facebook member, you can filter by Tammy Lock the Monroes, Walmart, <laughs> and you will find the original go live that I did because I heard on September 6th that it was going to be in Walmart physically. That was its first day release. Okay. So I made sure I had a job back then <laughs> and I made sure that I got up way early two o'clock in the morning to be at their doors at opening so that I could still get to work on time. And I put the go live up while I was outside. I said, okay, everybody, you know, we're going to go inside And we're going to buy, I'm hoping that I was told the correct information and that we're going to purchase the very first copy ever of the Monroes. And I'm told all the time, matter of fact, I was just told this past weekend, being in Virginia at the Happy Trills Virginia-style celebrity event, um, that people bring that same go-live video up all the time to watch it because it makes them feel good. But it was, this is the launch, this is the launch for the very first time that I have been fighting for, struggling for, for them to release the DVD. I just wanted them to, and DVD was the version that it was released in for the very first time, not VHS, not whatever was before that. It was DVD. DVD. So here I am on Go Live, and it was so funny, because I think about this nowadays, how I was telling my phone Go li- uh, on the Go Live, I've, you know, I'm picturing it, I'm looking at myself, right. you know, and I'm saying, shh, don't say anything. <laughs> I'm telling my phone, shh. Don't say anything. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble, if I'm going to get thrown out. I don't know if you're allowed to do this. So then I flipped the the uh, camera around to where it pans into uh-huh. Walmart. And I walked up to this young man. You know, I'm walking all the way through. What so time, it time of the morning is this? 6 a.m. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> Six a.m. Walking to Walmart. Yep, walking into Walmart, and of course, you know, as I'm walking through, I'm like, "Oh, that's beautiful! Oh my gosh, yeah. look at that! That's gorgeous!" You know, and I just walked out of there reacting. with a rope a plant, a swifter. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's really. Pr- I'm going to have to come back here and go shopping. Yeah, Two hundred dollars because... later, you got a DVD. <laughs> well, because prior to that, I'd never been in a Walmart. I went to like Kmart. Okay, that was my place. All right you know,
0: so you know, here I am in a Walmart for, a for the hell, very though. first,
1: I'm in the wow factor. I'm in like, you know, the Walmart is, is like the God of stores, you know, <laughs> cheap date. Take Tammy to I Walmart. such a cheap date. I am not kidding. So here I am walking through this whole big place and I'm like, where on earth do you think they keep DVDs? Oh my gosh. And so, you know, I finally saw the word entertainment. And I'm like, that's got to be it. <laughs> so I walked over and there was this young man there, really sweet young, na- young man, probably all of 18, maybe 19 at the most. And his name was JR. Well, I asked him what his name was, even though he had a little badge right there saying JR. But I said, hi. I said, "Um, I don't remember, if, you know, word for word, but basically I'm a celebrity. And I hate saying that word too, by the way, I really do. I just, I, I wasn't raised being that I was raised normal, even Mm -hmm. though I had that as a life, I also had a regular life too. And that's how I viewed myself. So anyways, I asked, I told him who I was and I said, have you ever heard of the Monroe's? I said, it's supposed to be here today going on the shelves for the very first time. And I told him, I said, I've been fighting for this TV series to be released for, I would say, a minimum of 25 years. And I told him this. And finally, I'm told that it hits the stores, the shelves, today. And this is all on Go Live. <laughs> it's kids. crazy. And this poor kid, he, he goes, well, let's just go over and, you know, look on the on the shelves. Nope, not there. And so here I am, go live, and I would, you know, how you minimize it uh-huh. on go live. I wasn't sure if it was going to turn off or not, but it didn't. It hurt everything. How many people are following you at this point? Honestly, I don't know. I, mean, I really is, don't know. God
0: love you. It is six in the morning. I don't know how many people are I checking know. their Facebook. I know there's a going, lot. Well, remember, Let's see what Tammy's remember doing. Remember <laughs>
1: back east. There's a lot of people back east that follow me as well, and a lot of people, you know, internationally as well. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I follow you, but I'm not checking to see if you're on
0: Facebook Live at six. Well, it notifies people. It notifies people
1: that you know you're on live. Oh look, she's in Walmart. (laughs) This is interesting. But it was so funny because he had just he goes, well, I just got some boxes in. Let's go through them. I said, well. Do you know what the Monroe's looks like? It would probably be easier to find. So I minimized my screen, even though it kept me on camera. He opened up the box and I found the Monroe's cover and I showed him. Okay. And the first box that he opened up, there was the Monroe's and he took it out and I literally started bawling my eyes out because, and I'm getting mystified right now because So many years, so many years that I fought for the fans to get it out. And it was finally out. And this young man says, oh, here it is. And I said, oh, my God. And I'm crying on go live. And I said, now what you got to do here, take this. You, I want you to say, you know, follow my script. I said, I want you to, here it is, Tammy. Here, Tammy Locke, here's the Monroe's. It's in DVD. And I'm buying the very first copy that's going on the shelves. I said, oh my God, I need Kleenex or something. Here I am right now <laughs> and I don't have any Kleenex sight. But anyway, so he takes me up to his cashier And he goes, oh, my gosh. He goes, I don't have any Kleenex, but I do have a big, huge, you know those big paper rolls that are in the commercial bathrooms? Yes. It's called sandpaper. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. He handed me the whole thing, and I'm busting up laughing with the tears falling down my face because here it is. I am live experiencing the release of my TV series for the very first time. And it was just so wonderful. Okay. I couldn't even stand it, you know. So don't mind me. No, but i uh, you, do I'm you a, realize I'm the... a very proud, <laughs> um, emotional individual. I don't mind. So don't mind me. Just keep going. But
0: do you really realize the experience in which this poor gentleman, Jr. was given? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's going to be talking about that to his grandkids. I'm hoping. Oh, he is. Sweetheart. I'm hoping. Listen, there's no way that poor kid. He's probably a part-time college student. Yeah. He's working at Walmart at yeah. six a.m. Yep. And this woman comes up. She's a, got a, her phone. A star up. or celebrity. Yeah. she doesn't know who you are. Exactly. You got a phone up, and you're like, he's like, yeah, lady, we'll find it. Sure. <laughs> Just keep it
1: together. Well, and, it was so funny because here I am purchasing it, and I said, "Do you take J.C. Penny?" <laughs> i think i said jc petty i said something like that it was really stupid i I knew i knew what i was saying i just wanted you know here i am crying i'm trying to do anything i can to stop the tears because they wouldn't stop no no and so what i did was i just kept prompting him i said "Okay, okay now this is what i want you to say here take take the dvd again and action action. this is what i want you to say and you know it was just so funny he followed it to the t it was so great so great you know and um people go to that live video all the time just to make pardon me what walmart was it at uh the walmart that was in irvine irvine california wonder if jr's still there i don't know i haven't been back but it was funny because he said J.R., and I called him Junior for the rest of the time <laughs> on live video. Oh, my god! It could have been
0: Jack Roberts,
1: but he's know, Junior the I I know. But it was so great because he loved it. She sure. enjoyed the heck out of it, and he followed my lead. If I told him to hold the DVD, hold it towards the camera so that the go-live people could see you. And this is what I want you to say. Here, Tammy, you have just purchased your DVD of the Walmart. Uh, the it only That's only in Walmart of the Monroes, where you played Amy. <laughs> that you kid know. has got the best oh story ever. Yeah. Ever. And it was, um, so I don't have that DVD. I gave it to Barbara Hershey. What? I know. That one? Yeah. The JR DVD? I know. I gave it to, J- to Barbara Hershey. I wanted to gift it to her. Because to me, it was such a beautiful blessing from the Lord. It was.
0: But it's like JR's. DVD. I know. DVD.
1: And, wow. um. Um, so, you know, to me it was a blessing, and I wanted to pass this beautiful blessing over to Barbara Hershey when I met her for the first time um, at Chiller a long time ago. Wow. And I gave that to her, and um, I think we signed it. The the boys and I signed it, so I gave it to her in, in my Amy bag, I believe. I gave her an Amy bag what from Monroe's. What a story.
0: What a story. Yeah. I mean, for all the struggle, all the crap you had to go through, yeah, yeah, is it more worth it because it was that kind of a moment with this kid yes. in Irvine?
1: Than Absolutely. Then, if the studio just, see, sent I didn't you a even box. know him. I didn't even know him at all, and I just was, you know, I was uh, living on a wing and a prayer that for sure that it was going to be there. Right. I didn't even know if it was. in no, it could there. Been,
0: It could have been in Moreno Valley, for all you know, or Hemet. Yeah. it didn't have to be in Irvine. I
1: know, but it was. It was down the street from where I worked at the time. Right. Right. Yeah, at a um, medical place. What a great story! Yeah, and then and I an turned it over to Barbara. I still don't know if she even watched it. I have no idea. It but matter. it doesn't matter no. because it was my blessing, my gift that I and I even kept the the receipt with it, yeah. So I gifted her, and you know, I hadn't that's seen sweet. her in years. And by the way, that's on YouTube. <laughs> My very first ever meet and greet with Barbara Hershey is that's on, YouTube. on is on YouTube. Yeah,
0: your, your YouTube channel.
1: Uh, yeah. What's it called? Uh, Tammy
0: Lock. It's Tammy Lock. Yeah, look it up, people. Got to yeah. check that out.
1: It's a beautiful thing. But for the ones that, you know, um, Anne-Marie's, Morell's uh, sister watches the Facebook Walmart mm-hmm. uh, video all the time. <laughs> Whenever she's feeling down, matter, matter of fact, Anne-Marie Morrell, she's in this picture I just showed you of the show that I was at in Roanoke, Virginia, the Happy Trails, Virginia style film and movies um, show, celebrity autograph show. I go there every year. It's a Christian-based um, show where celebrities get together. That's cool. Yeah, and it's a family. It's a wonderful show, and everybody's family, and I sing. And when I'm not now, singing now, there, now I'm that's singing the, for the American Legion. I
0: have that in my notes. This is very important here. I yeah. need to understand, third place, 16-year-old music. Yeah. And you get third. What? How does a 16-year-old all of a sudden decide, I'm going to start singing my... I don't know. Tell me about that. How I, do you, and who the hell was first and second? I don't even
1: know. And I think in my book, I can't remember this very second because four years of labor of love, you know, trying to write that thing. And, <laughs> oh, hey, hey. Yeah, okay. Just to give you an insight. I was the book was written um and it messed up. And then so I decided we, I had written like 200 pages of it. And then I decided to rewrite it Mm -hmm. because of some incidences that happened. And, um, so I got hooked up. I spent thousands of dollars with a, you know, with a, uh, publisher. And so I went through, I don't even know how many editors with my book. So at first the book was like 200 and something. And then I, as I go through the book, I'm taking out a lot of stuff that I just didn't think that was needed any longer and mm-hmm. threw that out, basically. And then every story that was still in there, I read it and then rewrote it in my words is now, how it came about.
0: Were you a diary girl? Did you keep a diary? I did not. Okay. Yeah. So all no. these are just kind of memories and thoughts of your stories through your life. Correct. In the book. Correct. Okay.
1: Yeah, so the book went from like 200, as I'm, as I'm, you know, I printed the whole book, so mm-hmm. 200 and something pages, and then I'd circle stuff, or I'd cross out stuff, and whatever was left, then I would just reread it, and okay. rewrite it in my words, okay. because it was written in a Christian flair, and um, so then, the next thing I know, I've got, I've gone from 200 to 500, and Almost 600. Whoa. Yeah. Triple. I thought of a lot of different stories as I was growing up. It was amazing. I'd read one story and all of a sudden, boom, another story, another memory would pop up that I felt was, you know, valid enough to be in my book. Right. You know, I went through a lot of different that things. How was the process for you? Was it good? It was, it was rewriting it. It was just, very hard. Just the... but it was fun okay good yeah the lord i think the lord made the first portion of what happened to that book i know that the lord made it happen because he wanted me to write my book i know this for a fact because um i was writing it with somebody and you know just things things happen you know and not everything works out yeah not everything works out you know and you can't You know, you have to pick pick yourself up and just move forward, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as you possibly can. And you're new to it, too. And I'm new. I've never written a book. Matter of fact, how the book came about was Shirley Jones, Mrs. Partridge of the Partridge family. Her and I were in her room one night. We used to do a lot of celebrity autograph signings together. Okay. And we were in her room one night in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And we were toting back martinis at the time, <laughs> and so she started getting really intricate as far as wanting to know about me. She'd never done that before. This was a very first. So I'm telling her all of these stories, and she's just like, "Oh my gosh!" She goes, "Honey, do you know how many books I've written? A lot." She goes, "And that's what the fans love is they f- they love finding out that you're a human being too, just mm-hmm. like them." Yeah. So goes Sue. So I'm telling you. That you need to absolutely write that book and I said oh no surely no <laughs> no yeah I said you I'm know, just Tammy yeah I'm just Tammy and Tammy was a bad naughty girl <laughs> you know growing up I'm just like everybody else we you know sometimes our morals our ethics or you know nothing's around when we need them you know to, to guide us you know the Lord wasn't there I mean he was probably there but I was doing bad things but and you know I had to write those things. I had to tell Shirley, I said, "No, I can't do it. I don't want people knowing about that." And she goes, she goes, "Honey, I'm going to tell you right now. That's what the fans love. They want to know what you've been through. They want to know that you're human just like them and right. not a a mythical type of a personality that is a celebrity or right. whatever it is. I You're call them, you real. Know. Yeah, I'm you real. You pay taxes,
0: you get sick. You I You might do. make a
1: stupid choice. Exactly.
0: Shocking. Yeah. You might as well I might, be my
1: neighbor. You know, I might be at a Darby Hinton, you know, um, party one time when I... Sp- elton john off to the right i was stepping on these stones and sadly enough i had my drink in my hand and i fell off the stones and fell all over buddy hackett and you know you might be doing that and embarrassing the heck out of you (laughs) which actually happened (laughs) that's
0: not so bad that's called tuesday around (laughs) here at my house
1: But poor Buddy Hackett got, you know, he got layered with whatever I was drinking that was red. So I think it would, you know, just stained everything. But uh, for those that you don't know who Darby Hinton is, is he was one of my first boyfriends. And um, I'm actually a Darby's uh, darling and dude, I'm the very first. But Darby played Israel of Daniel Boone, the Daniel Boone series.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Fess Parker, Daniel Boone. Yes. Darby was his son. And he played Israel. And so when Israel was playing, I mean, when Darby was turning like 20, I guess it was, he invited my sister Cheryl and I uh, to the party. And as I just said, I was walking from the house, this big, huge, enormous mansion, um, all the way out to the party, which was in front of the tennis courts and stuff. And I actually fell on board. Poor Buddy Hackett.
0: Because you saw Elton John, and I'm John. sure
1: there's a lot of people who know. I saw Elton John, and I was like, I was going crazy. I got to go over there and you That's know meet Elton him. John. That's Elton, and I, you know, I it didn't coming. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy Hackett gets, yep, it happened, and he was so mad at me. Well, yeah, hello, but accidents happen, you know. And, but it, I'm sure it Buddy was Hackett's so mu- never is...
0: spilled a drink on I anybody.
1: <laughs> Please. <laughs> it was so funny, but you know, even funnier. My sister Cheryl was wearing this gorgeous red lamé, which is a silk or uh-huh. like what? Oh my god, she was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous that night, and she drove her. I think we drove a little tiny Chevy Love truck. You know, we didn't want a valet park it, so we actually went and drove to the top of the mountain and walked down. And as we're walking down, my sister fell and her legs went up and, nope. and apart. Oh god! <laughs> and there were people walking down with us, and poor Cheryl's <laughs> Cheryl's, you know, hoot nanny was hanging out all over the place. <laughs> And the next thing I what know, you know, the- since I was raised in a normal world and not in a million dollar world, I didn't know how to socialize. I didn't. So we hung out with the limousine drivers.
0: <laughs> well, it wasn't like you we guys were, were partying going to Studio down 54. with the limousine <laughs> drivers,
1: you know? <laughs>
0: hey, those guys can be more trouble. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah. They, they know were where fun. to get the coke and all the alcohol and the hookers at the end of the night. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And you'd have been safer oh, wiping up so Buddy Hackett fun. than you would have been with Jimmy the limo exactly, driver. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Oh we had goodness. the best time though, you know, with the limo drivers. Go figure. <laughs> but yeah, that was Darby's party. How did what you find yourself
0: in the roller derby?
1: Now, remember I told you about De- uh, Dodge Saloon, <laughs> yeah, the bro. country and western saloon. I wish I had a picture. Because when I do book two, because I'm thinking about writing a book two, because I've got so many more stories. Um, I'm going to co-write it with my best friend, Michael Diamond. Um, But I wish we had a picture of the Dodge Saloon. I have Googled myself, you know, silly, looking for something, because I want to put that in the book, too, because there's stories at the you know Dodge Saloon. But anyways, uh, the Dodge Saloon, and this, this by the way, is in the book. There is a man by the name of Troy Walker. Okay. Absolutely amazing, amazing man. Uh, he's an entertainer, and he sang, and he was a cross-dresser, and I'm not going to tell you the rest, but <laughs> his best friends were John Hall and Ralphie Valadaris of the L.A. T-Birds, okay. the famous John Hall and Ralphie Valadares, and he... Troy loved my sister, Cheryl and I, because Cheryl worked there at the bar. And he wanted us to come skating with him and all of his people to the roller drum, which was in Pico Rivera one night. And so we went with Troy and we skated and I met John and I met Ralphie. Have you ever seen roller derby before? No. Were you a decent skater? Yes. Okay. You know those kind where they pull out and then you push them in and you screw it down. Right. Yeah, I was really good on those. Okay. Yeah. I used to have my own pair where you pull it's a it's a steel. Yeah, it's little it goes thing. on your
0: shoe, steel pegs. Correct. And, yeah, and you got to screw it on to tighten it up. Correct.
1: And so I was really good when I was, you know, in um my young life.
0: Yeah, I mean, those I mean, those things I love the them. gold standard. Of yeah. What you were-
1: Everybody was doing it. Mm-hmm. And so because I started skating around, um, in my neighborhood, I knew how to skate. So when we got to the roller drum and we rented our skates and stuff like that, um, Troy was talking with John Hall and Ralphie and they were watching me <laughs> and I was just skating. It was on a flat surface skating around in, in a circle, and John and Ralphie came skating up to me and they said, would you like to try the bank track out? And I didn't know what a bank, I mean, I loved it. Oh I my. loved it. Like I was watching people skate on it. And yeah, I want to try that out. You know, <laughs> I don't ring re- I, now you asked me a question and now I'm, because I try and rethink, um, sometimes I have a thing where i'm talking to somebody and i'll reanalyze what i said and i'll apologize in case i feel no, no. i made an error by saying something so with that in mind you asked me if i'd ever seen roller derby i think i did on tv maybe i think i did and i think it's in the book i can't remember i just I remember so occasionally it
0: was on like weird hours yeah it'd be even yeah. in black and white but and what it what i felt was like seeing. it was in a, in a high school gym yes and they were just Right. Women spinning well, around I was beating just skating, the snot out of each other.
1: Yeah, I was just skating on the cement floor that's glossed over right. with shellac or whatever it is. But I was watching the people up on the bank track. And when they asked me if I wanted to go up though, oh, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I would love to. And so John brought me up and uh, Ralphie started skating around and showing me how to block and how to jump and doing all sorts of things and no fear at all, no fear at all, no fear at all. Oh no. I was raised more of a boy. Well, you didn't look oh, yeah. like a boy, sweetie. My, my father, my father, I was tomboy. <laughs> and so my father always, you know, told us, uh, that he wanted a boy. So I tried to be the boy, you know, I did everything. I rode motorcycles. I did, everything a boy would do. I went to high school, ninth grade. I was in weightlifting class with boys. What? Oh yeah. With boys. Yeah. I wanted to be a weightlifter and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to pump my body up to make sure that I was, I didn't want to be like, you know, big and huge, you know. just want to be strong. I just wanted to be strong, yeah, to be able to protect myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, after all, people were already being horrible to me. You know, I just wanted to make sure I was okay. And I had the goodness of, you know, the karate when I was, you know, 15 to 17, I guess it was. Um, But I wanted to be strong. So in school, I was in weightlifting class with the boys. Absolutely, and when I wasn't doing that, I was in... um, mechanics class, and so I was taking apart carburetors back then putting them back together again and stuff like that I wanted to be a boy I wanted to be my, I wanted my dad proud of me Tom's got himself quite a catcher I mean you can <laughs> fix a carburetor
0: you can protect him if something goes down do a little kung fu moves <laughs> yeah. yeah that wasn't in the vows <laughs> fix my muffler and my bodyguard <laughs>
1: Yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah, I sure was. And then you know when I was, you should doing... have been the most popular girl on campus. Oh no, they hated my guts. <laughs> I hated my guts. Yeah. Come on over, Tammy, fix me. You know, fix my carburetor. <laughs> and then you know when I wasn't doing that, I was actually a uh, Christmas tree salesman with my best friend Brenda. Her father owned a Christmas tree lot, and I sold Christmas trees with her every single year. And I was I was picking up because you know I was picking up those Christmas trees and putting them up on cars and tying them down and stuff like that. Oh, I had a great best friend Brenda. I was in love with her brothers. Oh, (laughs) here it starts. That's
0: why Brenda was such a friend. She had two brothers.
1: Yeah, I went with one of them. Woo wee!
0: (laughs) How long did you do roller derby before?
1: I believe it was two years. Um, That's two years longer. 70, than I ever eight, would have 79, tried. maybe eighty is well, maybe three. I, I can't remember honestly. Any injuries? I know that oh yes. Oh god. Yeah. And I'm not gonna tell the story. People are gonna have to buy it, but it's pretty daggum good. Oh boy. Of this one story. Oh, it's in the book. Yeah, it's in the book. What, what, it is what, what page? Is a I'll go page right to it for lunch. Turner. Oh boy. It's in the table of con now, okay. <laughs> so let me tell you about the chapters of my book. I find when I talk to people all the time that there are people that don't read books from start to finish. Who they the just don't. That? There's lots of people all over the place. Well, you can't they look read at the table, and do well, that. that's what they do. So I wanted to pay homage basically to them. And, um, some people just want to go to the story. Then they want to read that story and then they'll read it from, uh, Start to finish. But so what I wanted is I geared my chapters up to each story. So whatever the story was, that's a chapter. Now, maybe the chapter is only one page. But that's okay. Because I wanted it good for, for my fans. And that's what my fans, you know, later asked me. They wanted to be able to, let's just say they're at a party and they bring my book with them. And they want to they want to tell the story about something. They'll be able to go to the table of contents, know what that page number is, and go straight to it, to to tell everybody that story. That's how I made my chapters. So it might be a page, it might be six pages, might be ten, maybe fifteen. Right. It's various. It's your book. It's based on stories and how I wanted it to be um, acceptable or um, fun for the fan in case they want to do whatever they want. Read what they want, when they want.
0: All right, so I'm at page 237. How in the hell is that girl not the most popular person in that high school of yours? Well,
1: now I was in my 20s. <laughs> yeah. Singing in the band. I, I, you've heard of the famous um, Hollywood uh, Palomino Club? Yes. Okay, so I hold three titles there. Miss Globe, which is a bathing suit title, Miss Singer of Singers, and Miss Queen of Song. I entered contests back then, and I won them. Wow. Yeah. What year?
0: That um, club's not around anymore, is
1: it? Uh, I don't or think is, so. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, back in the probably, well, how old am I? <laughs> these are fantastic you know well you must have had a time 40 of your life. years ago yeah. i was in my 20s yes, 25 you, 24 you 26 must, you must have had the time of your life i had a blast yeah i met um well family she- to the famous tex williams no and i toured with his family his nephews and son-in-law and some other really gifted um players like um marty rifkin marty rifkin is one of the most talented human beings in this entire time i mean years he's an amazing musician he's a producer um long time ago he used to work with such people as um uh, bruce springsteen Springsteen. um he used to uh work with uh Tom Petty when Tom Petty was alive. Elton John. Miss um, Tammy
0: and the California Express.
1: That's what we were entitled. Yeah. My God. Yeah. And I had a radio show. With the a... Tammy Jean show.
0: I love this outfit.
1: Thank you. Oh my god. That was actually at Texas House. Oh my god. Yeah. You still have And I hat? don't remember I think it was Sam or Russ. Um His nephews and son-in-law that set the camera up. They had it on a tripod, and the tripod took the photo. Yeah, but that was at Texas home in Newhall, and since uh, that, it's been torn down, and somebody built something else in its place.
0: I love this photo. That was
1: my photo for my radio show.
0: One eighty-eight. If you're going to buy this book, you got to look at that (laughs) page.
1: Tammy on a stool. And an outfit that would make your head turn. Oh, my yeah. goodness,
0: lady, I'm yep. going to blush.
1: Now, there's a page in there somewhere where I'm actually wearing a negligee. But it was a one-piece outfit, but I didn't know it was a negligee. I didn't know it was a pajama. <laughs> I didn't know. I just know that my sister gave it to me and I just thought it was the most prettiest thing and I was invited to this um this event and as soon as I got into the event, I was being mobbed by photographers, but it's a gold outfit and I just all I did was throw a black belt onto it and you don't wear anything underneath it nothing absolutely nothing so I I would assume that you could see through it and that's probably why they mobbed me. <laughs> But I felt sexy, and I was going, and I'm proud of myself, and I own myself. That a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I say, thank you for wearing it at this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but that outfit's in there, the
0: story. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So tell me about the radio show. How did that come yeah. about?
1: The radio show was actually developed by my manager at the time, okay. uh, James Tiny Markle. Um, he actually wrote the one song of, I had did a one record. A 45 that was never actually released. Uh, we printed 250 copies up and put it on the Pinto label, which is owned by Alexander Long Rifle. And he's still alive to today, and we're very good friends. And I just absolutely adore that man.
0: What's the song?
1: Reflecting in the memories of your lies. Wow. Yeah. And then, so here we had the first side, and we needed a flip side. And Tiny knew a man by the name of Michael Fletcher. And if you guys look up on Google who Michael Fletcher was, Michael Fletcher is the nephew of Willie Nelson. And so Michael's best friend, Patrick Summerson, wrote, As Sure As I'm Living, and that's how we got the second side to my 45. Whoa. Yeah.
0: So... You love karaoke. You love. I to love sing. karaoke.
1: Well, I didn't have any choice, to be quite <laughs> honest. My band broke up. They, you know, some of them wanted to become roofers. Haven't figured why they want to do that. Roofers? Yeah, roofers. Yeah, they wanted to do a, a regular job. Okay. They've been playing all their lives. They grew right. up in a home that catered to Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson mm-hmm. and. Johnny all Paycheck, them, right. and, you know, they did music all their lives. They yeah. wanted to do something else. They
0: were probably doing Modesto,
1: everything, Fresno,
0: Bakersfield, yeah. Billings, Montana. Exactly. And they probably just said, I just want a house exactly. to sit my butt in. Right. Yeah. Because it's a tough so life, So they right? all did, did you, do you that? know, regular, I, well. Did you and the Express, did you guys make trips like that all oh, the time?
1: Oh, yes. Down? We toured all over the United States. Yeah. Yeah, we had fun. We had a blast.
0: I mean, was it like having four brothers?
1: Yeah. I was well, in love with one brothers, of them. You never had brothers, so that's kind of like I was ba- really in love with one of them. <laughs> yeah. One one brother's kind of cute. Yes. He was wanted by all women. His name is Russ Paul or <laughs> Oh, I was crazy about him. Yeah. And he literally was wanted by all women. He was um Dennis, um Dennis looked like um Ronnie Van Zamp of of the um, not Led Zeppelin. What no. is? Um, can't remember. Ronnie's Van Zamp. I'm sure you guys know right, right, who right, right. the I'm band blan- I'm is. On it but anyway, I know blank. <laughs> not that oh, I can't goodness. think of it. Um yeah. Leonard Skinner. Leonard band. Skinner. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus, my for my memory to come back. Yeah. But um, Tom, you're supposed to be googling these things. <laughs> Yeah, honey, what's up? Yeah. You're supposed to be over there Googling. I can see him now. Uh, Ronnie Van Sam. Yeah. What is the be- what is the band play? Yeah. <laughs> what was the you best know. place
0: you played at?
1: Where you had fun? Oh, where you're gosh. like, that night we're on fire. We played, uh, every time we played, we were on fire. It didn't matter. We had standing ovation after standing ovation.
0: Yeah. Were well, there are nights where you're like, oh, this isn't a good night? Nope. I suck, they suck.
1: Nope. The- Group the nope, no, you just had a hell of a time. One heck of a time. We were family. We loved each other. Jeffrey Steele was in it. He only played with us, I think, it twice, in a bowling alley somewhere. <laughs> but Jeffrey Steele is a singer songwriter, very famous one in Nashville, yeah. Tennessee. Um, Christopher Nielsen, he was from a huge band, and I can't remember, not Aerosmith, Smith, but something like that at that level uh christopher i believe is what i was told christopher nielsen was in it and then he left um and then marty stayed you know stayed with us marty is currently a record producer of enormous um height he does everybody a-list you know um he's an amazing man amazing and i just love him matter of fact how many years ago was it that? Um... So my fans, I do a lot of go lives. Sometimes okay. I used to. Were you Were you guys playing your own music
0: or cover songs? Both. Okay.
1: Yeah, both.
0: What was your go to? What was the
1: one you knew that like... I loved to back up on? Yeah, you... cocaine. Clapton's <laughs> <laughs> cocaine. Yep. <laughs> they let me back up. All I had to do was cocaine, cocaine, and the place just go bonkers. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> were
0: were there were there songs you would you know if you saw the crowd and you're like oh there's more couples in here if I hit this oh no song like we're no. gonna you just we never
1: your- got we never governed our um our our playlist or our set okay. list right. um, based on that no we we even um the LGBTQ right. we even went played um you know gay bars and I loved them. I love them. So when was this like love, late seventies, love, love, love,
0: seventies, love. early eighties? Yeah, you...
1: in the eighties, in the, in the 80s, early eighties. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, it was called Rawhide. I think we loved playing for everybody. That it didn't must have been matter. Very
0: rare because it was mostly men's yeah. gay bars. Lesbians only had. Like, oh no, like they, they were give, both. Yeah, but they would give them like a Tuesday.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like oh no, did... we would do it on the weekends. Yeah, and they would come up to us and, you know, I I suppose this happens to everybody, but um, they give you, you know, a song that they hope you know. They write it on a piece of paper and they hand it to you. So here comes, you know, a beautiful lady walking up to me and she wanted me to sing crazy because she fell into, she fell in love with her fiance uh, to that song. And so I sang it for him and they loved it. I love everybody. I don't care who you are. You know, sure. My daddy always performer. taught me to respect them, anyone, until they prove me that I shouldn't. Right. And that's how I govern my life. And you were a performer. I so was a performer. For you, it's like I, I will make you happy. Here yeah. I go. Yeah, we enjoyed it. We had a blast, and then we would sing, you know, in the famous uh, Anaheim Cowboy, uh, the famous cowboy uh, owned by Jack Wade. That was a blast! Oh, man. oh my gosh! I mean, girl, you must. We have been went the dream. everywhere. A major dream. Yeah, yep. Did you know you were in the dream and the moment? I did, but I, at that time I was also in a horrible relationship. Of course, so that, that, all of that that's is so in country the, of you. Of yeah, course you of course you are. Of course, I was. Yeah. You know <laughs> where you know mama gets thrown off the right. off the train you know mama's off the train i got one boot the dog's got a missing you know? exactly yeah so i was having to deal with being beaten raped molested and singing country songs sing country songs yeah and working in an aerospace corporation and during my breaks, my lunches and my breaks, I would have my little cassette recorder there and I would be sitting on the ground up against a tool, an aerospace tool of some sort, and I'd be learning songs for my sets. So all of that was happening at the same time. What were you doing at the aerospace? So Well, so- my father started me out in the instrumentation panel department at 17 i guess i was okay 17 turn 18 and so i used to i was taught to solder wires that made the toggle switches for the f-18 fighter jet work and then i didn't work there for very long and he found out that there was a new product coming into town that northrop at that time decided to make big and it was called graphite and so I started in a graph in graphite where because that's what the F18s were made out of back then was graphite and then they autoclaved it which is a pressurized oven and it turned in you know after you cut it and you know deburr it and all sorts of stuff it turns into an airplane so it's funny because I always tell people cuz I did do each step of its process so I always I always make a funny out of it Even though it is true, but, you know, I mean, somebody could challenge me probably. But I always say that I know how to build a plane from wet to dry to fly. (laughs) And I do. (laughs) Or I should say I did. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
0: Tammy, that is amazing. Yeah. Here you are working on F-18s. Yeah. And you're trying to learn lines to crying blue eyes or something. Yeah. You know. And you got your typical country shit relationship oh, you're yes. dealing with. Oh, yeah. The girl's just trying to make a living. You're not yeah. trying to, try to schedule band you know, gigs yeah. in Modesto.
1: Yep. yep. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, somebody found out that I knew how to do numbers. Well, hello. I was raised by my mother and my dad. You know, really good. And so they found out. And the next thing I know, I was put into the final line assembly stock room where I had about, I don't know, probably about 1,500 parts. And each part, each box had thousands and thousands. And they found out that I knew how to count. So they (laughs) threw me in there. And when I went in there, it was a 0% accuracy. Zero. They could not figure out why things, you know, was wrong. Every time they went to count the the product in the box, it was wrong. And so when they put me in the final line assembly, I think it was called the 1700 stock room, something like that. But I asked them, I said, can I do it my way? Will you allow me to do this my way? And they said, yes. And so when vendors would send enormous bags like a pillowcase size bag of little dinky parts. I would look at the pick list as far as how the how the orders would come. It would say four washers or twenty washers or fifty washers, whatever it was, I would bag that part into that so that I would open up the big humongous uh Big huge, what is it called? Um, uh, Bulk. Okay. They do it by weight. Well, I knew if you did it by weight, it was going to be wrong. Not everything weighs the same. So that means all of your numbers of your parts are going to be off. I knew that, but I only knew it because of common sense. It's not because I was taught that. I just knew numbers. And if you're going to send me something in weight, whatever's in there is not going to match as far as pieces. And so I bagged everything up by the pieces buy whatever it the pick list asked me for. And so my stock room went from a zero percent to hundred percent in about three months and kept I kept it that way at hundred percent for seven years. Wow. And so my my stock room was the focal point of all military uh tours, you know, admirals or colonels or whatever it was of whatever branch. And they'd walk in, and they'd walk up to one of the inventory boxes of the parts, and they'd say, okay, show me this. Let's go look. And most of the time, it was perfect on, like, right on. You know, it was 100%. But they would ask me, you know, oh, well, if there was one missing, how would, why don't you teach me how you would fix this? And so I would show them the process of what I would do. And I would show them how I'd fix it. Whoa. But I loved it. I I was raised a workhorse. Literally. I've oh. been raised since, you know, I was a baby and all I did was work. Was there ever thought of college? You know what? I went to two colleges. Okay. But uh, back then, uh the words masters, bachelors, associates, whatever, that wasn't important back then to everybody. Um in my um book in my book. Um it shows all of my titles throughout my entire life. But I went to colleges for specific things I needed to learn, and I was certified in okay. it, like plastics, right composites. I even went to Stephen R. Covey. Um, can't think of what his... Uh, I can't think of... I'm trying to... Unfortunately, my husband's not over there Googling for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why don't you just tell them to get on the ball here? Yeah. But, um, seven interesting things or something. I don't remember what it was okay. called, but it's in my book. But I mean, I went to college. I okay. went to two separate college. I even know how to build. Uh, I went to uh, professional cake, cake decorating and I learned how to do that. But when I moved out to where we are, it's way too hot and I don't have a refrigerator big enough to, I don't believe in, um, using buttercream because okay. it's so bad for your heart and you're taught that in the ho- in the college, you know. It's all lard, folks. <laughs> yeah. But it tastes so good. <laughs> yeah, it's lard and um confectioner sugar with vanilla. And that's all it is. So to me, I try to stay on a more nutritious side even though I love hamburgers. Okay. That's my favorite thing in the entire world. <laughs> you know, but I use whipped cream, light whipped cream. Okay. Which is not really bad for your heart. So my, you know, it works different companies that I worked at, I would make um, big cakes for people and they would pay me. You know, my favorite type is like, you know, white uh, pudding cake with fresh strawberries and whipped cream and stuff like that. And well, don't make yeah, me hungry. That sounds I know, delicious. I know, but you know, I think a lot of people, I don't know if my book is good. I'm getting both, um, you know, types of reviews and that's okay with me. Um, even some real, you know, hey, interesting if, reviews. Even if nobody liked it, yeah. It's your book. It's my book. It's, right. the, you know, my life. It's the way you wanted it exactly. it's done. Exactly. Exactly. But there's you know the unfortunately people call them haters I don't know what right. it is but if one, can you read
0: one of my reviews? If one person likes it
1: Yeah. That's what matters. That's all that matters. Right? I mean yeah. it doesn't matter. And if I can teach them something right that's what matters
0: that's what matters so, right?
1: so matt's gonna read just one so this, of my reviews this
0: is one of the reviews right so and it's from a verified purchase yeah so that's this, right this guy purchased it uh tammy is very personable social media presence and brought the book based on from a child singing star to a radio dj that's you that's me roller derby competitor that's that's you. that's me my God, I know I don't see a word in here that says that uh, you know you were a, a hot country singer. Damn it! This is what a piss poor review. <laughs> Should have had that in there. Tammy's done it all, and at least a lot. She's a survivor too, and enjoys. And this comes through on every page and photo. See, that's what you want. That's what I want. And it, let's see. I wanted to on. become a bestseller. Oh, he's right. still reading. This guy's still going. This guy's. I mean, sheesh. I'm withholding a star because I think Tammy expressed the cover photo where the photos would be in color. Well, that's not Tammy's fault. That's right. That's right.
1: Right. They came out black. The whole book is in black and white. They released it black and white. But they're changing it. All right. I believe I hear already that it's coming out in color. And I told them to take black and white book out of their mouth, and they're not allowed to talk about that because it was never in the contract. So initially... There's been basically a hundred books, I think, almost a hundred books released and purchased and they're black and white. So if you ever if you've ever seen a, a color photo taken to black and white, it kinda washes everything yeah, out, depending upon how much kinda... how much ink they use in printing on mm-hmm. a page. But yeah.
0: he he leaves the review with this. However, if you want to read a positive story of a former child star, this is it.
1: Thank, Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Very sweet. But see, now, here's very, the very thing. sweet.
0: Like, you gave me this black, the, the black and white version. Yeah, we'll I gave it, you right? that, yeah. Okay, when they come out in color, yes. this is going to be worth more. Because nobody's going to be able to get the black and white. You
1: know, that's what my friend said, yeah. uh, matter of Special fact. Special edition. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> matter of fact, Michael, he goes, well, let's just look at it this way, Tammy, because I unfortunately i get so angry because of everything that's happened with the book i say things i shouldn't and being a christian i really shouldn't say the things that i sometimes do but i lose my head it happens i'm I'm normal the lord's going to talk to me (laughs) later but anyways he goes let's just look at it this way tammy have you ever seen the movie Notting hill and i said yeah that's one of my favorite movies julia roberts and hugh grant he says, well, if you remember, he says, in one of the scenes where Julia Robert, for the very first time, walks into his bookstore. I said, yeah, I remember that scene. He says, well, she picks up this map book and it's signed by the author. And she walks up to Hugh Grant. She goes, oh, my gosh, this is signed by the author. And, he, and Hugh Grant uh, replies to her saying, well, yes, he signed all of the books, but if you can find one that's not signed by the author, it's going to be worth way more. And basically, if it's not signed by the author and it was supposed to be, that's called an error. Well, the company that's selling my book right now, they made an error. They did it. Right. Not me. Mm-hmm. Because I, we, well, Michael paid them to do their job. I, all I did was fill out paperwork. What, how do we, how do you want your book? Well, I want it six by nine. I want it glossy front and back. I want it uh, white pages with color photos. I want it this, this, this. I just filled it out on right. documents and I sent it back, and they, you know, they signed it and proofed it and stuff. But I don't know who entered the order or entered the the book. But, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, because you got
0: it done right. Yes, you, I got one? it
1: done. And I was able to provide the black and whites, and some people even got color.
0: It's a labor of love, right?
1: Wasn't this a challenge for you? It was the, I have to be honest, I don't lie, I try not to, Leastwise, I might fib every once in a while, but (laughs) it was probably the worst thing I've ever had to do in my entire life, because if you remember, Matt, I told you I went through a horrible, horrible time. Well, it was quite a long time. Sure. And so, unfortunately, every single time that I had to go through the book, I had to reread everything. Mm-hmm. And if you you ask my husband, I was crying every single time I was having to reread that, you know, those chapters right. again. Go through that part Recrying. of your life. crying. I had to relive everything over and over. That was really, really hard. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, my gosh. You know, great balls of fire. I just... I didn't know how to deal with that part. You know, I, my father always taught us to fix ourselves. We don't go to psychiatrists or whatever those other people, therapists or whatever. We don't, I had to do it for my son one time, but it wasn't for me. But um, I just don't believe in, for me only, I respect, I admire for other people to do it because they need it. Mm -hmm. They weren't raised the way that I was raised by a father that was, so genuine and had his way my mother so genuine and had her way of teaching us something and it instilled it so we learned how to fix ourselves there were i mean there were like uh, roles where i had to cry and take myself to that and then bring Mm -hmm. myself out and go to a party or you know (laughs) right i was taught all of this so i personally just for me don't believe in going to those types of things because the way that I was raised, I know I can fix myself. And I did. I just turned to the Lord Mm -hmm. and he fixed me. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was really hard going through and reliving all that stuff back then. I mean, you know, in creating the book really, really hard, but you know, even for the, for the chapters that were really fun, I relived all that excitement too. Sure. And all the good parts. And, yeah. And then, you know, meeting my the love of my life right back here, you know, we he walked up to me and asked me for the honor of singing a duet and we were married one year from that night.
0: What was that song?
1: Unforgettable.
0: Oh
1: Unforgettable.
0: Can't go wrong with Nat. Come on, <laughs> that's perfect. What's your okay, what's your go to song karaoke what's your like i'm gonna rock it tonight what is
1: actually it's the song that i raised my son on when he was in my tummy and that's the glory of love really yep you know the movie from beaches yeah where bet midler sings the glory of love Yeah. you mean this girl in this hot outfit's going with glory of love now the hot outfit (laughs) wasn't then (laughs) a picture of me singing is in the book as well mm-hmm. when I married my husband.
0: I would have I would yeah. have I would have gone with something else. I wouldn't have thought Gloria loved.
1: I know a lot of people Well I'm different. I, I'm a different I'm very today. different. I am a very different human being and you know, I was taught to love people and to always respect, admire. And even when you have a challenging person in your life, you know, which I have had in the past at companies and stuff like that. My, but my father always taught me That no matter what, I had to completely give them 150% of respect while I'm at my work. Mm -hmm. And then I can voice whatever I want when I'm out of work. Right. You know, to get rid of, to purge, you know, the feelings that possibly, you maybe they were treating me like, you know, terrible that day. You know, I'd purge when I would get into the car and I'd leave it there. And I'd go home. You don't take, that was another thing. You do not take what you're going through home to your family life, because it could really put a serious, you know, it's bad. Now you teased about it. You said possibly a second book
0: from what you've learned with this baby. Yeah, How would you do it differently? Second time around
1: with a person with me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not going through it alone. (laughs) You want a tandem bike. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, from like the, very, I,
0: beginning, would from you the get, very beginning, would you get an editor right off the bat or a co-writer?
1: And you know, I'm glad you asked that because I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to leave that up to my best friend, Michael Diamond. Okay. Yeah. Because he sees what I've been going through. He didn't see it while it was in play with all the publishers in the past. He didn't mm-hmm. see any of that because he just out of nowhere calls me. And I know that the Lord put him in my life again for a reason how long has the book been out for two weeks okay i think right i think that's rough i think that's about right but uh, you know they had to um, refresh your batteries though and then maybe start up again yeah i could do it anytime now with michael i plan on writing because he was in my life for all my life you know uh young life and we went on a lot of different like in the book um Going to Nashville and um, I sang crazy in front of Willie Nelson and um, just a lot of different stories are in the book and it just takes takes you through all the years that I was growing up. Right. Tell you know, me about the cover.
0: Of, How'd the cover come about?
1: The cover, the cover. I didn't. You know, this is my first book. I didn't know how to design. I didn't even know you're supposed to design a cover. <laughs> I didn't know anything. You know, I didn't usually do research. Yeah, I had no idea. Did you do any research? No. Did you read a book about how to make a book? No. Books for dummies? No. (laughs) Because if everybody's got their own way, Mm -hmm. and I figured if I if I read about it from somebody else, that's their way that they did it. I want to do it my way. So I'm learning it the hard way. You know, I want to learn. And why am I public? You know. Punishing myself, I don't know. Uh, there must be a reason. Like, the Lord's preparing me for something really big. I don't know. But I'm on top of that. But, you know, I didn't want to, I just didn't want to read a how-to book. Okay. Because maybe they've got a different way than I would have done it. And that's why I'm doing it my way.
0: So how did the, how did the cover?
1: Yeah. So the cover Since I didn't know, I had only been told, "Okay, well, you got to design the front cover and you got to design the back cover." I'm like, "What?" And so I decided to allow my fans to design the front cover of my book. So I had a national, a a national and international uh, contest. Some I put two tools out there and I publicized it on, you know, one of those social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, platforms and i said you know you can be you can be the designer of my the front cover of my book and so i had the contest so i gave them two tools an old face uh an old headshot and then remember the old cans in the old days filled with vegetables or whatever it was how you know a long time ago they would s- slam this metal tool which if you go up and down, it actually cuts. Yeah, it tore. The, it tore, yeah. yeah. Tore the lids, and that would be jaggedy, and you just kind of peel the lid up. You wouldn't go all the way around to where it took the lid out. And then, of course, you know, people would uh, put the lid back down, and that's how they saved um, Their the foods food, or the, the, whatever, whatever was, the yeah. you know residual of whatever it was. So I gave the two tools, and if they knew me, because I went on live, I go on live, or I used to a lot and I do acapella and stuff like that. And I talk about my life all the time, you know, whatever I'm going through or whatever it is. If you know me, then I want you to think outside of the box. And this lady from, I believe it's New Zealand. Her name's Jeanette McDonald, her husband, she goes, Oh my gosh, my husband would, you know, I, I know my, I would love to have my husband do this. So she apparently watched all of my go-lives or whatever it was. And so she knew me. And so she, I guess, delivered what she knew to her husband. And then she printed out, you know, the picture or maybe showed him, you know, her phone or whatever it was of the headshot and the can. And she told him to think outside of the box. About how would a a child star and roller derby queen and a radio show host and a country uh, you know singing headliner and an inventor? Because I'm an inventor as well. um, How would that look as far as an animated picture? The next thing I know, so I'm getting all of these entries in my email. I've gotten rid of them because I anything that I didn't, I mean that I didn't wasn't drawn to, I just deleted. Okay. Because I knew that just wasn't what I wanted. So I just deleted, you know, whatever the entry was. And um, as soon as I opened up this one email, I knew that's the cover of my book. And that's how it went. He won. And like a year later, I come to find out that her husband worked for Disney for 30 years in the animation department. Really? Yep. I was very blessed. The yeah. Lord, The Lord brings, you know, brings tools to me in my life, you know.
0: I've never thought of a woman oh, coming out of a, a can before. I know. But that's pretty damn sexy looking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you open up the first page, mm-hmm. cause, because a lot of people, okay, to maybe the second page. Sorry. Right there.
0: Okay.
1: I think that's the one. Yeah. Right there. What does it say? Why the can?
0: Can't get stuck in the mud. Who but, com- what's the first word?
1: Can't. There you go. Now keep going.
0: Get stuck in the mud and it's still there. Now, where does that come from? My daddy. Now, why did he come up with that? Is that something his father or family? I don't know
1: if his father or mother started him on it, but we were always taught that Kant was not part of a, an equation that our family and raising children were allowed to know. Because if you hinder or already put a negative into a child's mind while they're being raised, sometimes, unfortunately, they don't fulfill whatever desire or dream they have. So my daddy always used to say, can't got stuck in the mud and it's still there, choose another way. And it so the bottom line is that if, you know the, I guess the big word here is I can. So on the cover, I'm sitting on the can. It's I can do anything, because can't got stuck in the mud and it's still there. Choose another way. So if you're if you're going down the avenue and you've chosen one thing, no matter how old you are, if you raise children from the beginning of them learning something. Let's just say a little girl or a little boy said, Daddy or Mommy, I can't. I can't do that. I'm afraid to do that. I i can't. My daddy would always say, little girl or whoever, you know, Tammy. Cat got stuck in the mud and it's still there. Choose another way. Now, the funny thing about this whole thing is how my dad used to say it, I always thought he said cat. The cat got stuck in the mud and it's still there. Choose another way. And so I always used to try to keep that daggum cat out of that mud. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I that's what I always thought was I was trying to keep that cat out of the mud. So but you know, in reality it is can't. And the reason why you don't want to teach a child the word, you don't even speak the word in your house. Ever. Ever, ever. Because Anybody can do, can do anything that they so choose. All you have to do is want it bad enough. How would old text say it? Why, everybody, I'm going to say the can't got stuck in the mud. And they're still there. Choose another way. This old text from back in the time. And if you anybody wants me to. You know just come up with some greenback dollars and i'll come and i'll record something on your your uh, voicemails and i'll say rebecca's not here right now she's out playing the phase with you know the fields with all of her horses you know all those big belgian horses but she'll be back in just soon as she gets off that horse
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need more texts in this world <laughs>
1: And the funny thing is, back when I was 18 years old, my sister, uh, the oldest sister, used to bring people to me all the time. You know, back in the day, we had recorders.
0: Yes, people. You'll have to Google this. There exactly. was
1: Exactly. It was a long time it ago. It used to
0: be near the kitchen,
1: maybe exactly. or near, near the Near the kitchen, and when people would call, you know, they would say, you know, "Hi, this is the Williams family." Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, "Hi, I'm Katie. I'm Jim. <laughs> I'm Stevie, and we're Bobby."
1: And then, woof. You know, so <laughs> you know? wherever I was, you know, on tour or whatever, my sister Lorna would call me up. And she says, "My girlfriend Julie wants wants whole text to answer her phone. You got to make up script and do that." And so. You know, I wouldn't be paid for it back then, but I'd sure love to be paid for it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I would love to create some sort of a answering, um, you know, character for your personal answering service or whatever. And I can do it. I know I can. It would be and, way better than you know, way just better a standard phone. Way better than standard that I, robotic. You know, the Waltons or whatever. <laughs> this is John and John Boy and you know. <laughs> You know, but uh, yeah, my sister Lorna got me many, many um, people that where I left messages um, and it was old texts. They all wanted old texts. And so, you know, old texts I invented back when I was 18 years old.
0: Can you imagine yeah. just being some random salesman? He calls up an old Texas yeah. left on. You're like, oh, yeah.
1: I'm trying to get the
0: Harrises. Who the hell is this old
1: <laughs> Southern? Well, text? I always, I always said the names, you know, yeah. and, and then I just create a plot of what they were doing as far as being a country theme.
0: Steve, Barbara yeah. and Carol can't come to the yeah. phone right now.
1: Yeah. And I found out, unfortunately, how one of my, um, one of my characters, uh, Tootie, um she's this in my head she's like this little three to four year old little girl with bright blue eyes like mine long 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 eyelashes and kind of like a shirley temple like hairdress or you know whatever but um i made up a little girl by the name of tootie and somebody downloaded it and they put it on a child's video game back when my son was like 10 and um you know i didn't go after him everybody always says you know why didn't you go after him well because Tootie's out there and she's making little children happy. She's talking and they're playing their video game and she's making everybody happy. Yeah, but and that's Mama needs
0: to get paid.
1: I you know, <laughs> back then it wasn't it just wasn't important to me. Whatever the Lord does at the time, that's more important to me because the Lord pays me tenfolds. Yeah. You know? So I just, I just followed whatever, you know, it was. And a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, Anson, Um. he, you know, him and I had a discussion one night and you probably all know who it is. It's Potsy from Happy Days. But, um, but he always asked me, why didn't you sue him? You know? And by the time Anson knew, it was like, I don't 10 years past or whatever. And so gone. I couldn't. I don't know. I don't even know what the company was called. I don't even know what the video game was called. I asked my son. He's 25 right now, turning 26 in August. But and let me tell you, ladies, he is hot. (laughs) Single. (laughs) But anyways, I I asked, you know, my my son, Rob, you know, what game was that? And he couldn't remember. So there's no way of, you know, going back. But um I'm not. Ha- I mean, I, it doesn't sadden me that I didn't do it at the time. So, but I just I looked at it as Tootie was making a lot of children really happy. They're loving listening to her. <laughs> you know, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool in my book. That is cool. Yeah, this book is cool. I hope so. I'll never forget. <laughs> Thank you for you know your this- friend is Rodney Allen Rippy and Rodney yep. Allen Rippy is my best friend, and it was so funny because I, uh, I because everything was going wrong with the book and they were still selling the black and whites and i never got an autograph um an author's copy that's actually how it's supposed to happen you're supposed the author's supposed to receive a book first before anybody else does Mm -hmm. that way that person can go page 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 you know and make sure and approve it but i never got one but um so I purchased it when the dollars went down to $6.58. I purchased a book for Rodney and I sent it to him. And I noticed that I got a ding on my phone because it says that it delivered and he's in his house doing something, you know, cause Rodney's an amazing individual. He's like a marketing executive for his own company, Ripped Marketing, but, um, he's in his house. And so I called him, I said, Hey, what you doing? And he says, Oh, I'm just on my, I'm creating, you know, a video, whatever I'm doing, cut and paste or whatever it is, you know, clipping. And um, from something I just filmed for somebody that paid me to do it or whatever, and I said, "Oh, I said, can you do me a favor? Can you go to your front door?" He <laughs> says, "What?" And uh, he goes, "What do you want me to go my front? Just do me a favor, and go to your front door." <laughs>
0: Shut up, Ronnie! Go to the door. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't make a woman beg.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it was when It was funny because he opens up his door and he said, he go, I said, "Well, tell me what you see." He says, "Uh." I don't know. I hear people around the corner and I see, you know, it's a little windy. I said, do me a favor, Rodney. Would you look down on the ground? (laughs) He says, oh, there's a bag down here (laughs) an Amazon delivery. (laughs) Boy, Rodney. (laughs) And it was funny because uh, he opened it right, you know, right when I was on the phone. And he was so shocked and impressed at the same time. He's like, Oh my God. And he's trying to teach me about things I don't know about. Cause I don't know about a lot of things. So hashtags, Mm -hmm. I'm learning about that. (laughs) He's like, Oh my gosh. And he's paging through and there's so many stars in my book. Like I have a lot, a lot of uh celebrities that you know like butch patrick played eddie munster and bill moomy who played will robinson on lost in space and i'm sure you know eddie uh, eddie munster played um eddie eddie on the munsters right, right. and then darby hinton as i uh, israel boone on daniel boone and then you know just a lot of different stars bill Cobbs uh played um In Enough with Jennifer Lopez and Night at the Museum. Mm -hmm. He played in a lot. And then John Hall. I have a lot of memoirs uh, that they wrote about me and knowing me. And they're in the book. That's cool. So there's a lot of them. And Rodney's just like, whoa, Tammy, there's, holy cats, you have this person too (laughs) and this person. And did you know that any person that you talk about, you can put a hashtag with their name and it'll go straight whenever somebody's, I don't know what ping means, whatever, but he says, it'll go straight to your book because it, the, I don't know, whatever all that stuff is about it, you know, it goes, it'll take people straight to my book because I write about them Mm -hmm. because they were in my book, like Charlie Daniels, how Charlie Daniels, you know, told everybody to shut up, um, in the country bar that we were in, in Nashville Uh, so that I could sing. And that's where I sang in front of Willie and Willie. Well, I don't know if this is this hearsay. Um, Michael saw Willie a tear when I was singing crazy. So I don't know if that's true. I mean, that can be, you know, misread as two things. Either I'm really the most awful thing you'd ever heard. And why in the heck is she singing my song? Or, (laughs) wow, she really, you know, she gave it justice. And I'm impressed. And maybe I had a tear. Let's go with that. Yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs>
0: Thank you for stopping by. Thank, Thank you. you Thank book. Now I've got something to read. Yes.
1: And when anybody, I mean, if you want to know more about me, there's a Wikipedia page on me. Just go to Wikipedia. It's Tammy Locke. And they could, yep. T-A-M-M-Y-L-O-C-K-E. I have my own website. There's about 4 million hits on that one already. And that's TammyLocke.com. And you're on I mean, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. You're on Instagram, Yep. The official Tammy Locke. Yes. The official Tammy Locke.
0: Who's the imposter Tammy Locke. <laughs> and then you're on LinkedIn.
1: Yes, I am. All right. I certainly am. I am. But you know, if you want to, you know, see me or talk yeah. or Whatever I, I am on Facebook and go to my Facebook page. It's Tammy Lock. It's not official, you know, the official, whatever. It's just Tammy Lock and friend me. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And you
1: can, you know, sometimes I bring people on to the, um, the go lives and they're allowed to ask questions and I'll answer them as long as it's within my means or whatever. Sure. But I love people. That's just the bottom line. That's the way that I was raised and you don't diss people. That's a no, no. And so, you know, there's, I guess the word is haters. There's a lot of haters out there being kind of mean and stuff, but you know, I love them too. That's right. You can't, you, you know, can't do everything. You can't, you know, all I can be is me. That's right. And I'm proud of who I am. I own who I am. You know, if I'm whatever picture that it is, you know, I used to be a four X and now I'm 11 only because of my husband, you know, and I didn't go on a diet. He just, he just took out the dinner plates in the house and put me on a salad plate and took four years to get there, but I'm an 11, size 11 now. That's because all right. Of that and, you know, yeah. that's what it is.
0: You're not supposed to look like you're 18.
1: Exactly. Right. But I sure would love to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say it, one Tom, but always, he's not. One can always try. 18 with that voice? Oh, my
1: God. Tammy, oh, you're I making know, a living. Oh, <laughs>
0: Jesus, boy! Tom and I being here sweating.
1: (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's true. You're a beautiful woman. Thank you.
0: You're you're a damn good guest, but you're a beautiful woman, Tammy. Thank
1: you. Truly appreciate that, Matt. I
0: I can't thank you for coming by. Such a pleasure. Staring into those blue eyes and that deep voice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Rodney was the one that (laughs) actually (laughs) brought me to Matt's place, and and I got to watch. You know, I didn't get to see Rodney because I didn't. You know, like my husband's sitting in here, but yeah, you didn't get to see how uh, the I hear sausage it was a great, made. you know, it had to have been a really great interview because it was like two hours and a half long. <laughs> You're getting there, sweetheart. And Matt's been pursuing me ever since. And yeah. that was years ago. So right. I am, I'm finally here. And you said when the book is ready. When the book is ready. And it's just been out for Boom. a couple of weeks. Deliver. Brand Yeah. New baby. I should take it to junior. Yeah. J <laughs>
0: That poor kid. He's living, he's got a story forever.
1: He does. This woman. And remember, shows up everybody. Six in the morning. Exactly. If you want to see that video, it's on a go live on Facebook. Yes. Filter it by Tammy Lock, the words Tammy Lock, Walmart, and it should go straight to that video and just enjoy it. Maybe put a comment in if you liked Absolutely. it or whatever. You know? But that was the very first day that the Monroe's, my TV series, Uh, hit the market what was the year on that good question it's in the book and i'm not going to tell it
0: okay because i'm saying if anybody knows jr
1: that's right and they worked at walmart yeah in irvine yeah well i told him you hear the whole conversation and everything i said this is on it's on live it's saved and it's on live on facebook so he knew all right good he knew Right. And I think I gave him a business card right after that too. That a girl. After I coached him on what he needs to say when it, when I'm purchasing, you know, the video, uh, you know, the DVD basically. You know, and I asked him if I don't remember what it was. Do you do you take JCPenney or <laughs> I just wanted to see Buffum, what he
0: said. Walmart, you know, doesn't take he JCPenney. He got so
1: embarrassed. He's like, "No, I don't think we get we don't we take that one." Yeah. Diners Club? <laughs> Just wanted to be funny. You, you know. were funny, but there's a lot of people that can't take my personality. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. Y'all yeah. have a choice in this world, everybody. When the you know the Lord gives us you know life, we all have a choice. We can either be a good person or a bad person, an evil person or a really blessed person. Or you could just be Jr. at Walmart. That's right, Jr. <laughs> at Walmart, saying. Hi, this is Jr. from Walmart. This is Tammy Locke. She played Amy on the Monroes. (laughs) And then you called the poor kid Junior for the next 20 minutes. I did, I did. Well, it made sense. You know, I kept picturing the two letters together, and that always meant Junior, you know. Earl Locke, Junior. And he looked at me. You'll have to look at that, because it was funny. When I first said it, he went, (laughs) shook his head and like, his you know his eyebrows you know moved up and down like hmm <laughs> oh boy. you're the best tammy thank, thank you for you, doing matt. this i appreciate it truly appreciate it why don't you say your do you have call numbers on your radio no podcast no not on a podcast, it's just matt it's just matt, ba- it's matt ju-
0: brown just a good conversation there you go that's it well Quite simple i we think we had one. a good
1: conversation we did that's right you're the best i'm a country girl don't you know <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to my conversation with Tammy Locke. If you enjoyed this episode, please click the like button and become a subscriber to the podcast. Remember, you can follow the Just Good Conversation podcast on Instagram, and you can find all of our past shows on the website at justagoodconversation.com. Thank you for listening.